Jim Joyce. It's Wednesday. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. <laughs> Patty's Day. I realized I have like nothing green. Uh, I found some kind of, it's not really that green, the sweatshirt. And then I yeah. won't even tell you what I'm wearing right here. Okay. <laughs> One of my girls found something. And then they, they started bringing everything green. Um, you know, a green tea. <laughs> a green peeler. Love it, love it. Love it. <laughs> you, can't, you shouldn't be drinking this, uh, probably, but uh, Marvis. And lastly, green soap. Oh, wait. One more thing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's nothing more there's nothing more uh irish than a pineapple right there we go there we go bill bailey i mean i i couldn't find any good beers especially guinness uh on such short yeah, notice yeah, I've got I, wasn't, some guinness. I wasn't i wasn't prepared so um anyway i'm i'm uh, this is not your usual location yeah, yeah no not my usual location i'm at a uh at a socially distant um, uh, 50th birthday party that's also a St. Patrick's Day party. So one of our good friends in Ireland here uh, has a, uh, his, his birthday is on St. Patrick's Day. So every year, and he hates to celebrate his birthday. So we surprised him with a uh, St. Patrick's Day party. So we're all geared up. Amazing, and, amazing, and amazing. And, uh, so shout out to Clem, Clem Cavanaugh, one of our good uh, Irish uh, compatriots. <laughs> And every, like what's great about today is everyone's a little bit Irish today, right? Have you been to Ireland for St. Patrick's Day? Uh, it's either I, it was so good that I don't remember or I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so though. I don't think so. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I got it confused for a second, which you shouldn't uh, with King's Day in Amsterdam, but that, that's a whole different party. Um, right, right. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm actually impressed that you you made it. I know we talked about do we cancel on St. Patty's Day, right? Um, but you know, plowing through, not one episode missed. So, so with yeah. that, um, maybe just a couple, like one or two things. So first of all, just a huge, huge shout out to our friends at Happify, Offer, and and team. Just uh, this morning announced the 72 or 73 million round, um, taking Happify rocketing up. Um, and for the first time ever, I was under an embargo because of the DTX podcast. Like I, I never was embargoed before, meaning I was asked if I want to, you know, but you know, we have Happify and the DTX podcast coming out in a few weeks. So I, you know, it was kind of them to, to do that. What else? Um, oh, uh, grand, right. Grand rounds and doctors on demand merger with two billion dollar company coming together take on teledoc is that what it is is do you have it figured out uh so i mean the part of that is is actually benefit navigation right so the employer market is huge so grand routes was you know again i'm oversimplifying it but benefit navigation right um and doctor in demand I mean, we know doctor in demand and telemedicine right so yep. um i think we're going to see much much more but we'll you know we'll leave it to just Demasa and uh, matthew holt you know to do their deep dive into all of this you know not stealing their thunder <laughs> Right, right, right. That's not um, and of course, no, no, no week goes without spacking out, right? So the doc right. go uh, spacking out. So that I don't know. That's the quick three minute, four minute news on St. Patty's and other things. Yeah. Did you did you get my note? I dropped you a little. I dropped you a little note. So so we um, so health 
not to make it about us every once in a while we will, but like, uh, so Health Beacon, um, so we've actually launched today on St. Patrick's Day, the first green sharp spin, reusable sharp spin as part of our uh, technology system. So we've, we've taken, you know, as you know, we work with patients that need uh, injectable medications. Um, yep. The injectable medications generate billions and billions of uh, in, uh, items of injectable waste. And we created the first kind of reusable sharp spin um, that we're now introducing into both the Irish and the US market. So we have like a, so we say like- on perfect timing, yeah. Green, yeah. green on green day. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that everyone's a little bit green on St. Pat on on Patrick's Day, everyone's a little bit Irish. So we thought we would introduce to the world you know, something um, a little topical, like, uh, you know, trying to treat the environment a little bit better. Awesome. Congrats. Congrats. I, I'm, I'm sure everybody was looking forward to the launch of that uh, on St. Paddy's. That's probably the, one, of, one of the bigger uh, excitements. Um, so let's, let's let our guest in. Uh, she's been patiently waiting. Um, so <laughs> I, I crossed path with Zaina Kayat at XMED uh, back when I was living in Amsterdam. Uh, so we're going to have some fun talking about all kinds of things here. I just I, First of all, yeah, she, she reached out to me uh, this week and said that I potentially was a brother from another mother. Again. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yes. 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 Let me shut off my... <laughs> Great to see. So you can't wear an Irish hat with a microphone. It's all crushed together. So. I love so it. I you look fantastic. You look fantastic. <laughs> I, I, you already. I, don't, I don't have a hat, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> is that mistletoe? What the hell is that? <laughs> don't ask. I, I was not prepared for St. Patty's Day. And on last minute, uh, you know, before we let you in, I, I displayed all kinds of green things on my table here. Welcome. <laughs> I know I, I, I've missed you, Zaina. It's been I know, man. ages. Oh. It's been ages. Ages. I I need some European dose of energy, man. There it is. This is it. This is the digital shot. The shot, it. right? The shot. This is yeah. your best shot at it. Yeah. <laughs> so before we go into you know where we met, some reminiscing as usual. Maybe just like in in your own words, describe who you are to our millions of viewers and listeners. Millions? I thought it was billions. I like how you think. I like how you think. <laughs> um, so I'm Zaina Kayat. I'm here in Toronto. I'm Canadian, Lebanese immigrant. And um, I lead the Futures team for a 112 years young home health care social enterprise here in Canada. We're national uh, called SE Health, St. Elizabeth Healthcare. Uh, and and I, I hate the word innovation. So we are the Futures team. We're not the innovation team. So it really keeps us out in Horizon 3 on creating the future. Uh, I'm a converted scientist. I have a PhD in biochemistry. I used to kill mice and look at their cells under the electron microscope and fluorescence microscope to figure out what's going on in type 2 diabetes in a mouse model. So I guess for me, that's just a big, you know, I always knew I wanted to impact health. I don't know why. I have none of it in my family, uh, but uh, maybe because I was a dork and, you know, got a biology. I was focused on biology in high school, but um you know, I just knew I was not cut up to be a scientist, uh, certainly not a basic scientist. I just didn't know any better as, you know, the first person to really go to high school in my whole family ever. Uh, so no, no mentors, no guidance. But anyways, uh, just at the time of the dot-com peak, 2000, 2001, 
when, uh, you know, all the top MBA grads didn't want to go to a shitty $200,000 a year job at a McKinsey or BCG. Uh, they kind of went out to market to find PhDs, lawyers and doctors. And that was exactly when I was looking. So it was just really good timing. And I was kind of the first PhD cohort into BCG. We were a little bit behind McKinsey. So got my business chops. Uh, you know, that's all my clients were mostly international pharma and payers. Uh, you know, I was in the US Monday to Friday, I'd say. <laughs> through all that uh, and then just made my way to the, uh, the innovation space and then now aging. So that's me. Future yeah. space, you mean, not innovation space. Oh, that's uh, right. I'll, I'll, come on. I I'm going to do a I shot every you. time I say digital and innovation, okay? Right. No, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like the, the idea of the futures. And do you, do you live like you seriously? I mean, we're just meeting for the first time, but thank you for dropping the note this week because it yeah. really brightened up my Monday or Tuesday or whatever <laughs> Said a little. I was like, "This is definitely a friend of Eugene's." Um, the note. But do you, so, do you live in the future? Do you think you live in your future? Do your family live in the future? Not the fans. No, me. You know, I'm, I'm definitely the early adopter. Although maybe I was late on Clubhouse, Eugene. I don't know. I, I was more trying to streamline my channels, but I got in, and now I can't get out. Um, oh, but, get out, uh, Zayna, Get out. Uh, <laughs> but for our work, particularly in elder care that's not facility-based, the inertia just will suck you in. And it's just so easy to be stuck protecting the past. Uh, and wow, did COVID show how we did not value our older adults everywhere in the world, but definitely here in Canada. So I got to be hanging out in the future all the time. And it's lonely. Um, but... Um, you know, so I really try to keep a separation and try to stay away from anything that would be, you know, remodeling or uh, innovating on today's models. It's just not useful time and space for me. Lots of important work happening, but just not me. Got it. Got so it. I, I, I love to because I think this is such an important topic. And I know there's now I'll say the newer buzzwords of active aging, longevity, which, you know, I, I think everything I, I, I do want to dive into before we do, however, yeah. I want to step back to Netherlands, where we also spent some time together in parallel on two sides of the country, right? Um, and um, even before, I mean, we met at X-Men, I believe. I'm trying to remember yeah. which one was before or after, but it doesn't matter. Um, talk, talk to me. You miss NL? You miss Holland? Oh, my God. I miss it so much. Like, so many things about it. So, I mean, just a bit of context, right? So, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, right across from Detroit. Um, and again, just, you know, never left really. I went to Toronto for my PhD. That was my first time leaving home and have mostly worked in Canada, you know, other than, you know, I did consulting I did live a little bit in Australia and, you know, BCG was great for taking me around the world, but still, uh, and I'm like, how can I add value to this health system? You know, when there's nobody really to be an exemplar. So I just, I just knew I needed to get out. And that's when I started my search and just work my network. Uh, and uh, I was either the UK, Berlin, or Netherlands. Those were my three that I was looking for. And then uh, the Netherlands worked. So I worked for Lucien, uh, which is, you yep. know, our brother uh, in Nijmegen, right on the German border. Uh, and yeah, I just, I love the mindset there, particularly Netherlands. And then, you know, you add Europe on top of it, just the way people think. Um, and, you know, just to take a one-year sabbatical from the muck and go and start fresh. Nobody knows me. Nobody's trying to get a piece of me. I, I quantified, actually, and COVID validated my, my end-of-one experiment because I knew nobody there other than one person. Um, 
I saved about 60% of time. No emails, no invitation of panels, speaking, events, all the bullshit. Like, I was like, wow, this is what it means just to have a job? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, so that is, and that's kind that of what is, happened with COVID. That is Eugene's job. That is Eugene's job. It's just panels and speaking. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 wasn't like, it was it was pre, pre startup sure um, but, 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 but the funny thing is uh, actually on that note right like my girls always ask like um, you know what what is your job and I, I truly believe I mean it's it's change management it's about people right it's um, it's a you know finding these awesome intra entrepreneurs all around the world right and so yeah. and um, and some of those, uh, see, I don't like the word futurist either, though, to be honest. I'm not a futurist. We, we figured, no, I know, but I was thinking innovators. I was going to use the word innovators, but then I was trying but didn't to we figure this out on the podcast with um, the soup? Ar with super. Yeah, you're a health artist. Health artists. There you go. Oh, I, I, call us, um, I call us shift disturbers. Shift oh, like disturbers. That. That's, like like good, that's like a good Netflix series. <laughs> Uh, hold that thought. I'm going to bring back the Netflix series. I'll tell you something I'm up to. Okay. Okay. So you were, we had you in Netherlands and we interrupted you, but you were. I know. It's just great. Um, you went for a sabbatical. sabbatical. Worked on five different things. One worked really, really well. One medium and three failed. So that's a pretty good hit rate from a, you know, cool projects. You should be a VC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's my point portfolio too on my futures team it's you know we, we do a return on portfolio approach but um but I think the other part too I have three little kids so I think we went when they were I want to say four six and eight and again oh, wow. like their life here is great you know they don't need anything they're good looking they're healthy they're popular we live right downtown they have everything they need uh, they never have suffered I mean that's my version of it <laughs> but I just you well, know we have to shake on. it up <laughs> they're all at yeah. school <laughs> they're at school dude but they'll be here at three um so i just think for them it was a good resilience builder like they got thrown in there's no english school in nijmegen um so they were in a dutch school just thrown in had to figure it out um no friends um so i don't know i it, all of it I, I highly recommend these types of you know things uh so and it was awesome i miss it a lot yeah and what do you miss? I mean, I always feel like, like for, you know, having grown, like I'm in Dublin, Ireland, but grew up in Boston and, you know, like Canada was a big deal for Bostonian, you know, even just across the border, you know, to get to Montreal <laughs> five hours. So is it, is it, is it that much different? Like is life just completely on its head or, you know? I think it's just comfort. I mean, I think, you know, Canada, um, you know, we really tolerate mediocrity. And I'm not saying that mean, right? Like things are just pretty flat here uh, with great values, good inclusion. You know, we don't like, it's just a different vibe, but it doesn't, it's just too easy to settle, you know? Okay. So there's okay. more of that, right? I think just being thrown a bit out of your, no, okay. I didn't go to like, you know, West Beirut, let's be clear for my sabbatical. So it was Nijmegen in a great condo. <laughs> But I think it did throw us off enough. And I had no networks, no relationships, massive cultural gap with the way the Dutch do business. Right. Um, you know, some bizarre stories of like things that would never just happen in my country. Right. Um, so I think all that, you know, is just good for building a bit of a new thinking and some resilience. And of course, expanding networks. Right. 
I mean, that's well, one of the we'll, we'll we'll double click on a separate one on on the Dutch stories. I I but that's you know. That, that's yeah, let's hear. Well, well, while I'm here, should I just start pouring? I need a glass. Oh, 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 I got this is a glass. This yeah. Unfortunately, I have Bailey's only. Uh, <laughs> but you know. Well, I mean, normally at this time it would be good Canadian club, but for you guys, for you, I got it. Right. Fantastic, Cheers. fantastic. Love it. Cheers. It's funny because I've, I've been fighting. I've, I've been fighting because I. It's just doing it out of the flask. This is great. That's Go awesome. ahead. That's on our neck. That's attached to our neck. <laughs> this is every day for me. What? What? <laughs> no, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So. It, you know, going going back into the, like, so I think that's one of the, I mean, we've had a lot of guests on here are a lot of like Americans that have gone to Europe, you know, because obviously we probably have some kind of empathy or great friendships with these people because of the common experience. But like, that's what's so special, right? Like you, you go, when you move across these European countries, which is relatively physically easy to do, you just get this completely different perspective, like, you know, just constantly being thrown at you. And it forces you to like it jogs your your capacity to learn, right? Totally, so many things. I mean, I, I've reflected a lot on it. Um, I think the other thing for me that was great because I'm faculty at Singularity with uh, Eugene. You're faculty, right? No, no, no. I'm okay. not. I'm not. I'm not. So, um, so you know, probably because I, I just I'm, I just tried to teach my kids and they don't listen. So that's about <laughs> as faculty as I get. But, you know, I'm female and I'm a scientist. It's a great, it's a good, you know, there's a lot of men in this space, so it's easy enough. But um, so uh, it was just good timing that Singularity was just starting to expand their country markets. So Germany opened up when I was there. Uh, Netherlands had opened up. So I I did get invited a lot, uh, both for that and then also um, at the time I was with Mars, which is Canada's kind of big innovation hub and center that really the world would coming to learn how do we you know, activate this district to kind of advance health innovation in the country. And so every city wanted to become a Silicon Valley of the North when I was in Europe. Ireland, I went down and did a you know, gig out there. They all wanted to hear the Mars story. So I kind of hit 42 countries in my one year there, like just day trips. Wow. Wow. I'd, go to, you know, I'd go to Sweden, I'd go to um, Finland, I'd go to Hungary, uh, and then just explain the Mars story of how we kind of connected um, you know, the science with the startup ecosystem, with the buyers of innovation, kind of all in one big thing. So anyway, that got me to actually see healthcare from a lot of lenses, which I'm so happy for. It, it's right. amazing. You had five other things going on and one of them actually skyrocketed. <laughs> so with, with 42 countries in one year, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty super. Yeah. yeah let's, um, let's dig into that. So one of them skyrocketed, you're saying one of the five. <laughs> Well, oh yeah, the one that did was the Health Innovation School. So this was the idea of, yeah, the, you know, Eric Edison, the deputy health minister. So the guy who basically yeah. runs the whole Dutch yeah. health system, a 95 billion euro thing, who realized that, you know, they could do all their e-health stuff and try this and try that and have all your startup hubs. And they had all that infrastructure like every other country does. But at the end of the day, people don't actually know how to do health innovation. And I mean like multifaceted where you're changing payment model, care model, you've got tech, you know, all of it at once. And so he wanted to build a curriculum to teach that, you know, to everybody in the system, patients, clinicians, administrators, insurers. Uh, Philips was part of our program 
And so I had been teaching a course at the university here at the business school um, called Healthcare Innovation. So I had a pretty good curriculum. So anyway, we, that's what we did. I was a co-founder of that school with Lucian Engelen, and it has now scaled across the whole country. You know, we're now tracking the cohorts, um, but it was everybody in the room together. And it was, it was all like solving the messy problems left in healthcare, not, you know, how do I make an app to make scheduling better in the, you know, dental clinic? Like that's not innovation. I'm sorry. Um, so, so that was it. So anyway, that was my one home run, I'd say. Uh, and then we had dreams of scaling it internationally. Like we met with Helen Bevan at the NHS, John Madison at Kaiser came down. They all came to Netherlands and we planned yeah. to take over the world and create a global little army of health innovators uh, like system innovation, not, you know, again, startups and tech. And uh, anyway, then we got busy. <laughs> it never happened. Yeah, yeah. I, well, like you always need a champion, right? Sorry. You always yeah. need a champion. You were driving it at the time. Yeah. Um, and then as, as things dissipate, so. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't want to make that my career. Like I did it, but I wanted to kind of come back and get to business, uh, working closer to patients. And that's what I did when I came back. And so what did you do? So what do you, that's what, you, that, and that's what you're doing now. Maybe yeah like what you're doing now or so you know like i said we're in home health care i guess the u.s the our peer would be like a biata or a kindred um you know these established but we do you know nursing all your therapies like rehab ot pt but also uh, personal care uh, so we mix it together in canada it's not separate but you know about nine thousand staff we do twenty thousand care exchanges a day in people's homes and uh, 85% are older adults on a fixed income, um, all paid for by government. Um, so, but we knew we needed to diversify. We needed to, you know, have more than just a service business on government. So there was lots of infrastructure and planning built for that. And then, you know, we just solidified the futures team. I think I came in 2018 to really be the in-house new venture arm for the company uh, to try and test new business models, new offerings, new create new markets that don't exist. And, uh, and launch and scale some new parallel offerings. Um, and so we've tried some stuff. We're now squarely in um, family caregivers. So moms and dads and sons and daughters taking care of people at home. A massive market that the U.S. is starting to design for. Not much in Europe. And I think we're the leader in Canada. So really neat stuff there. I'll just give you one example. We're working on the first ever uh, credit card for family caregivers with a major issuer. That'll be a global product. Um, so, you know, you can see that's not care, right, at all. That's just what we know from visiting people in their homes 20,000 times a day. And then the other one I'm really excited about is uh, housing. So we're looking to create a new product of housing that has healthcare built in, uh, but it's highly affordable. So really a disruptor to both retirement homes and nursing homes. You know, okay. it, you know, is it in your rental rates? It's a subscription. So house as a service, we're looking at business model, innovation, materials. And I was very lucky that Google Sidewalk Labs pulled out of Toronto just when we were getting this thing going. And I got the director of health for Sidewalk to come lead our housing work. Oh, awesome. uh, and so she had learned so much because she was going to create the health experience at Sidewalk right. at the site here in Toronto. So anyway, yeah, those are a couple of the projects. And I think just the last one, now I'll do shameless plug because I think you let us, is uh, we wrote a book, <laughs> The Future of uh, Aging. So uh, I should get you guys the copy. Um, so this please. we wrote, okay, <laughs> digital. Uh, we wrote and published February 19th of last year was the launch. 
Okay. And then I had a whole book tour. I was coming. I had booking in Germany and Switzerland and Netherlands. I was so excited. Um, and this book, only one chapter is healthcare. Uh, you know, one's on the economy, one's on tech, one's on housing, and one's on ageism. So this is our Bible for my team. We want to create the five futures, which are the five chapters of our book. Um, and, uh, and our starting point will not be healthcare. So let, let's go so, through the five chapters real quick. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, chapter one is the future of housing and community. So all the new, uh, and that's kind of blown up since COVID. So that informs our housing model that we're working on. Um, chapter two is about uh, healthcare. So um, again, we're 10 years out though. Uh, everything we're doing already exists in the market. It's just not the standard. Um, so some neat concepts there. Um, chapter three is what we call Geron Technologies. So just what's the emerging suite of technologies uh, for Geron Tech? Uh, you know, my favorite that I love giving slides about is Necrotech. So dying and death is having a whole <laughs> redo. Thank you, COVID. Right. Um, right, let's hold on. Let's double click on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, kind of on death. I need to take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah. For the record, the Irish love to talk about death. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Cheers. So I love this technology. Um, yeah, just, you know, I mean, it's pretty, uh, like our kids will look back and be like, what? So when someone died, everyone went to this building, put them in a big wooden box that, with formaldehyde that kills the environment and buried them under the ground, you know, and sang song. Like, you know, it's just. <laughs> My light's still over uh, and, you know, 70% of people die in a hospital. Meanwhile, 80% of people actually say they want to die at home. What, you know, so just end to end, everything about how you die, where, when, how you, uh, cremation. So we just partnered with an Uber for cremation services. Um, beautiful experience, light, pleasant, cheap. You know, right. so the whole funeral industry, this is going to, you know, and then uh, how you memorialize and then I'm sure Eugene, you, you, how you live on, right? Like right. all these ways after death. <laughs> um, right. have, you, yeah. have you touched base with uh, Alex Drain? I'm sure, right? Or no? Uh, I, Alexander Drain. What is, uh, is he with the company? Uh, it's a it's a it's a she and she was uh, talking about that we need to really prepare for death and have those discussions um, yeah. way ahead. She had the one slide. Oh, you know, as a side, I'll yeah. put you guys in touch. I think this. So. Yeah, yeah. Advanced directives. I mean, fifteen percent of our patients are palliative. Um, we run a bunch of hospices. Uh, we see it every day. We have so yes. much data. You know what I I feel like when I go and visit like when I go and visit my parents in Florida. And, you know, and I meet with them and I'm chatting with them and there and you can, you realize, you know, you realize at that age, and it's kind of, it's like every age you go through, it's like a surprise to you yet every generation went before it. And, you know, and they're spending so much of their day uh, just working on their health, right? Even though, you know, by, by any kind of, you know, by any kind of measure, you know, they're a little bit overweight, they're, you know, they have diabetes or chronic asthma, but they actually live very healthy lives in, in a lot of ways. And they spend all day long thinking about their health and taking actions to kind of, you know, stretch out those days. 
and the idea, but people don't really talk about it that way. So it, it made the same thing with probably with tech technology or whatever. People don't talk about it. Or yeah. It kind of makes everyone very uncomfortable. So that's a segue then to chapter three, beautiful, uh, <laughs> you know, around health. Uh, sorry, chapter two is health. Chapter five, sorry, is on the identity of aging. And I think that's what this is, which is like, you know, okay, on the one hand, there's these extremes of, you know, like Boston as a city has aged strong as their mantra, right? They want to create this destination city that's an economic driver from aging, that's aspirational. Um, you know, we've got the, the, the Zoomers, right? The boomer with zip. Um, everyone's got their thing. So there's that extreme, the hundred year olds that are running marathons and like, that's not what, you know, we're not trying to say, oh, aging's amazing, but it cannot be a deficit framework, right? Loss and tsunami and silver tsunami. And, you know, like, no, that's not what anybody wants. And it's actually not necessary. So, so, so there's just, you know, I'd say like, um, a big insight is like, you know, racism had a massive renaissance of dealing with it in the 60s it's not done at all but was, you know I was there was a say, big, still there nope yeah look what happened in atlanta today but a big bolus of movement right that raised awareness and you know shifted some big mindsets sexism uh ageism is next and i think covid has exposed it just like the you know what happened with the black lives matter so I think, you know, whenever, right now, even whenever someone's like, oh, I'm getting old, and then their face is like, you know, I'm like, that's, that's ageism, dude. Don't, don't. So, so so that transcends everything, right? And then, and then chapter four, just to close it is the economy of aging. And that's everything about how people make money, save money, leave a legacy, uh, retirement. No, it's not. It's rewirement, labor force participation, you know, the yeah. Germany came, came up with the, the, the year of the pension coming at, you know, 65 because you died in four years. Right. Well, now you die in 21 years. <laughs> right. Um, right. So anyway, right. the whole money. And I would say very few products and services and policies are designed for any of those five chapters. That's, that's the market. So lots, of, lots of work ahead. Dude, I mean, there's really, so much right? to do. Like what, yeah. what you just described, like I can't even like fathom where to start, right? right? Um, and like, how do you yeah. even really break this down? And I, you know, I do think, um, and I forget the association name, but there's like, you know, associations of active aging. So I think, again, a lot of this is starting to happen for lack of a better term, bottoms up from individuals. I mean, Jimmy, you were just describing your parents, right? While yeah. yes, they may have chronic diseases, they're redefining what is living healthy mean and living actively and yeah. et cetera. So, yep. I also feel like so much of this, like this, like there's so many subjects to talk about, Zena, but like, I love, I, I, think, I know like double clicking everywhere right now. Right. Mind. Right. But, it, but I, one of the things I found was, you know, I didn't really get Florida in the past, but then my parents you know, from Boston would go down to Florida and I went down there and I totally get it. Because, you know, they got like, I've never heard my father sing a note of music in his life. And now he goes to karaoke three nights a week. And he has a blast. You know, he's a very, he was a very serious guy in business and, you know, like a, like a very nice guy. But we need to get him on the show. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. <laughs> but, but, but he's like, he is, he's in, he has no intention of like not having a good time every single week of his life, making new friends. Um, and it, and it's, geez, he deserves it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it. so yeah, no, I've got relatives that live in Florida and I've gone to visit and they have a great life and I'm so happy for it. Right. 
So, so what about like when you're in your chapters, did you, I feel like, like culture, like I feel like when I walk into a restaurant in Florida, there's not an anti-aging, uh, you know, culture, right? Like it's like, it's okay if you need a little help to get you to your chair or, you know, that's not a problem or we're not making it difficult for you to get to the bathroom or whatever the, you know, the practical solution is, or we're not going to look down at you because you're not, you know, the perfect Abercrombie fish model <laughs> yeah yeah it's not South Beach um yeah I mean I think some of the wisdom we drew because we did a global scan we looked at 450 signals and we we didn't decide the chapters ahead of time we let the data tell us what the patterns were emerging and so an example of that that even goes further out would just be the wisdom of you know uh, indigenous populations um uh, Southeast Asia like they know how to they know what wisdom and elderly is and like it's all just coming back to the west like we just have to undo a bunch of stuff so there's a lot of that in there from the scanning yeah but what about and what about what about then also like like the practicality of relationships did that come across so so like if you think about relationships of you know it, you know like the idea like if we can live till we're 150 years of age you know then oh, we, yeah. Like, when the kids leave for college, you look at your wife and like, we've got another hundred years together. Yeah. So we Jim, totally... <laughs> we'll, we'll be doing the shot of digital health still. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Metamucil. No, um, uh, yes, we do a whole thing on marriage as a construct and what purpose it served in society. And, you know, um, no one contemplated being married for 85 years. Um, and so we, that's chapter one. It's kind of community relationships. Uh, uh, in the data, again, we didn't know what the data would come up with. Um, gender identity. So you think of this population that had to hide so many aspects of their gender identity that didn't match where society was at. And, you know, there's certain religious churches that still don't agree uh, with, you know, things that was this week's news. Um, and so uh, there's just, anyway, we did a whole unpacking of sex and gender and relationships. Yeah, it's a big area. We're not, my team's not designing for that just yet. Uh, our pipeline, we've got a pipeline called Wackies, Wild Ass Crazy Ideas. Because right. you guys are probably like me, like you're always thinking of business ideas. And we have like 400 in our wacky. And uh, we have so many ideas around, yeah, gender. Incontinence is a big yeah. area. Sleep. Eugene, you did a thing this week on sleep. You posted on like 100%. That's a whole product area for the elderly. Nobody's yep. designed for. Um, yeah, there's like 400 business ideas just waiting. Maybe I should start a fund. I don't know. You totally should. I, you know who's you brought up aging before, like on our, our, our third podcast or something with Rob Garber of famous Seven Wire, Lavongo fame, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's their thesis is now to invest in, in aging products right now. So they're, they're, yep. big, they're big. In that. The, the, the one thing I, I always, it, I, just to get your take on this and stop me, Eugene, if I dominate here <laughs> is, um, is the, um, I saw something really interesting in Italy where, um, within the Italian framework, the, the, you know, what like would say with my family members, the, the, my mother-in-law was a teacher and she had a pension and her husband who had passed away was a clinician, you know, was a, was a doctor and, and she, he had a pension and they had accumulated lots of property over the years. So they were quite affluent, let's just say. And then the next generation along, because the Italian economy wasn't very good, you know, didn't have any jobs and, you know, where their pay was quite, and so they were waiting for the inheritance of the, 
you know, the next generation. And you saw in the society, you know, they, they all work very well, but you saw the tension between uh, the two classes. Did that come up when you're looking? The, the, like, uh, so we did a whole, there's, it's got so many sides to it of intergenerational, um, of, you know, transfer of legacies. So before it was always the financial legacy, like your whole job in life is to build up this nest egg, you know, just to then go pass it on to your kids. That's all shifting. It's a social legacy now. Um, people don't want fixed models for what to do with their wealth and how to transfer it. That's all shifting. Uh, and then, you know, on that intergenerational tension, the one we see a lot uh, is on housing, right? So you've got a house in a city, you're not going to give it up. You've had it for 60 years, uh, yeah. you know, but everyone's like, oh, you have too much house. And these young and up and coming can't buy a house, you know, in the, in the tough right. markets, you know, you bad old people, you know, give away those houses and go move into, you know, let's go warehouse you. It's like, fuck off, you know, like that. Sorry. You know, <laughs> but, uh, that, so you can move that, but, um, you know, like, so there's Our some fault. of that. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of that came up and I see that as well. in being in the housing space. Right. You know, to me, what you're just describing, you guys assessed literally global unmet needs, right? Uh, because as, as these shifts are happening, you guys really mapped out unmet needs in the aging. I, I'm just... Like, yeah, yeah, or jobs my, to be done. Yep. Just, yeah, jobs to be done. Um, I, I do want to, because you kind of said, let's put it to the side. Um, yeah. Because, but I want to bring it back front and center. So we talked about Netflix at one point, and you're like, let's put that to the side. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so it's been a hard year, right? Like uh, I'm been sitting at home. You know, we did, we had a spaces office that we used to work at our own studio that got shut down. Um, really hard to do this work from a desk, you know, with Zoom. So. You know, hard to look forward to things. So then I got, there's a, a new TV network in the U.S. called the Human to Human Network. Have you guys heard about this? No. So Oprah came up with her own network, Oprah Winfrey Network, to use TV as her platform beyond her show, like the whole network to I change the world. I do remember that at one point, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so that's what this founder of this network is, is can we use TV and being in everyone's homes and the medium called the reality TV show to actually uh, basically breed or inspire a million Greta Thunbergs or Elon Musks, you know, that can you get children or teens and their parents to both be glued to that show. And the show is called the social movement. Uh, and they've got like a hundred people. They found us. I think there's two Canadians. And they're going to lock us in a room for four days in Miami in June and record. They already did the pilot season and it tested well. So the pilot season will run in September. But um, we get given one of the sustainable development goals. We have four days, you know, uh, 10 on the team. And you come out and you pitch like kind of a business concept to uh, they build a big fund uh, and uh, and you pitch to the fund. But uh, and then. Um, each team, there's 10 teams, becomes one episode over a season. So one of the episodes will be all the B-roll of, let's say, my team. And you're watching with your kids at home. And you can actually invest your own capital, just like, you, you know, you would text for your American Idol vote, you know. Wow. Uh, into the team. That's yeah. Awesome. And so, and, and then they have all this drama. The drama they create, there's no meanness, okay. But it's like the TKS, the Knowledge Society. Eugene, you might have seen some of these teenagers who are like, 
wicked smart uh, that get selected by Google to go change the world. So, you know, there'll be like me and a bunch of people my age, you know, against a team of 14 year olds, <laughs> or, or maybe they'll That's mix awesome. us up. Anyway, so I don't know what, what project I'll get, but you know, it sounded a little hokey and people I know that got invited said no, but I'm like, you know what, I need something fun. And- I mean, so- sounds like fun. And like, yeah. was there like behind the scenes production stuff? All that uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. four days. And, and, and the host is Elon Musk's mother, May Musk. And you know, she's, she's pretty special lady, right? She's like 74, she's a gorgeous model and she's out to change the world. And a couple of other kind of big change people. Anyway, I don't know. I thought it'd be really fun. So that's my thing. That's awesome. So that's last year awesome. was a book, this year it's a TV show. <laughs> Yeah, like so it, when is this airing? What 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 yeah, is when is it airing? Like- so season one will start in September, which was the pilot okay. season, um, which is okay. these teenagers, and then uh, which was four teams. Just had to see if it reads well. The founder is great. This guy Chris Lavoie, uh, and then our season will be the following April, I think, of twenty twenty two. I don't know. So we'll see. And then of course, so um, we can take an equity stake. Uh, we get a, an equity stake, small but reasonable. If if the investors invest, and they're not going to just pick one, it's not that type of a show. Um, so uh, you know, I could be part owner of a company, or you could quit your day job and go run the company. So well, we'll see what happens. That's awesome. You got time to decide, right? April I love it though. Like when someone when someone says to you, "Do you want to be in during the middle of a pandemic? Do you want to be yeah. in a reality TV show <laughs> in wait, Miami?" Wait. The answer is I yes. Know. Yeah, and, <laughs> and as a byproduct, we just have a TV star on our show now. Right. There you yeah, go. Exactly. You're blowing us up. <laughs> Two awesome. billion followers. Wait, before we before we close, so okay, so at the beginning of your TEDx talk, you opened with, um, "My father had two jobs." Yeah. How does that play into your thinking of this whole intergenerational thing? Well, I mean, maybe it's not, I think my dad's story, which a lot of us have is the immigrant story, right? You know, Lebanon, extremely poor, um, came, you know, just before the war broke out there. So I was born the year that the war happened in Lebanon, 73. Um, And that's because Trudeau, the older Trudeau of our prime minister opened up immigration because Canada needed population in the early 70s. You know, and a lot of Lebanese came here because there's French in this country and they they were mandated by the French. Anyway, you know, so yeah, just worked his butt off as a mechanic, endured brutal racism. So that's what's been reminding me of my dad a lot lately. Like the stories, now I'm going to cry, like we buried that my dad dealt with and he woke up every day and went right back to work to the, just the meanest of the mean people. Uh, And so all his dream in life was that we would even get past grade five. Like he didn't have any other expectations, you know, and you know, I got a PhD and all my siblings have two degrees and like that was enough for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. The ahead, crazy pa- sorry. The crazy part is I didn't think that Canada has mean people at all. I, I, oh, dude, know, dude, I, dude. I, we're I, just I'm, as I'm, racist as America. No, no. It's a portion. It's yeah. It's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just not as systemic. It's not as entrenched in our institutions, although there is, but no, there's, yeah, yeah, we're the same. (laughs) Anyway, and everywhere. So uh, especially the immigrants, especially from the Middle East or other places like that where you have an accent, you know, I had a pretty heavy accent, you know, most of my life. 
So, um, so I think more around that of the, the newcomer story. Uh, and, you know, you guys have seen the data, right? The top companies in the world, some of the biggest movers and shakers were not born in the country they live in, you know, yep. um, or their parents weren't, you know, like, that's what this is. Like, I just, re- I just did a class this morning on the, uh, we did a case study of the, of the BioNTech Pfizer um, we did the whole vaccine case study in my course this morning at the MBA school. And, you know, I, I had to research the founders of BioNTech. I don't know if you guys have talked about this. His husband and wife team from Turkey. Yep. You know, his dad worked at Ford Motor Company. You know, Germany brought them in. You know, uh, like that's who makes the world. That's who's made my country. So I think it's been more that versus the, the old versus young. My dad had a good long life. He died at 80. Um, so, yeah. But what a what a beautiful story, like especially on St. Patrick's Day, because yeah, if you, think indeed. The, if you think of the immigrant story, so people think of like say the Irish coming to Boston, or but they had the same. I mean, you know, not the same. I'm not saying the same. Experience is different, but you know, you know, my grandfather who came to uh, Ireland was orphaned, you know, living in a community that didn't accept uh, Irish people because they didn't think they were as good as the people that were. And uh, so that immigrant story, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's super powerful. Yeah, and then you have a lot more empathy too then for newcomers. Uh, you guys know it, right? When, uh, you know, and Eugene, you've been in so many countries. I mean, I'll tell you, even in the Netherlands, like I'm educated, I had a great job. I was not treated well as an immigrant. You know, it was tough for us. Um, so I, I don't know, just a whole empathy. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, we're, you know, as, as a society, right, um, I, I think I, I'm, I'm not going to get into like my, uh, I mean, I came to US when I was 13, right? Um, and same thing, I've gotten like beat up in the neighborhood. And I mean, again, you know, taking taking punches, but, um, you know, I, I, I do want to close out, even though I don't want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'd I'm- love to like, um, you know, let, let's talk about like very, very briefly like what is in Zaina's head on what is that future of aging like what is that ideal situation I know there's a whole book on it and there's multifaceted right but like if you had to summarize if you had to do yep. like uh, one word I would say is agency agency right agency. Choice. one word one word you know I we've had our older people outsource their agency to predefined institutional models for their care no you know, and that's all of society, right? As everything democratizes, but when these people will be, I don't know, one in five of us, <laughs> like that's the, the path yeah. we're on. This is society. It's you and me, right? So I think that's it. So um, very exciting. So, well, cheer, cheers to that. And it was note. lovely to have you on and reconnect um, and don't be a stranger. Yeah. Thanks guys. That was fun. Thanks. Cheers.